Morning Glory, everybody. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Here we are on this Monday morning, the 13th day of January, 2020. My name is Nick. There's Big J right over there. Yeah. Big J, how was the weekend, bro? A plus. Yeah? What'd you do, man? Watch some football. All right. Good, uh, good playoff weekend. Just like everybody else in America. I know. Got to, to rest and uh, relax. And the smoker works. It does? Yeah. Nice. So now, the- oh, man, you wouldn't believe the weight that was lifted off my shoulder. So, so dumb. Uh, the the gentleman that came over and helped put it together, it, it did fix it, or did you have to do anything additional? No, it, that 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 was the fix. Wonderful. What did you smoke this weekend? Uh, some baked beans. Really? Some queso. Really? Yeah, and a pork butt. But uh, uh, okay, I'm picking the wrong cut of meat, and so it didn't come out as as great as it should have been. But hey, I'll take it. All right, it's working. All that matters is that thing for a good ten hours stayed at the temperature it was supposed to. And that's exactly what you paid a ridiculous amount of money for. Yeah, so I mean, right when that when I realized it was going to work, I mean, it's so stupid how much better I felt about the world. Was it Christmas last year that was the present? Yeah. Okay, so it's been almost a, a full calendar year. Yeah, because the wife kept asking me, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, you don't realize this thing was keeping me down. Man, I feel like now I could, I could tackle Derrick Henry. Well, uh, to be fair, you had nothing to do with the smoker getting fixed. So I'm not sure where the confidence is. I don't care. Oh. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> good, good, good. All right, just making sure uh, that there's not misplaced confidence there. But congratulations. I'm happy that it's functioning. And now you just got to start figuring it out and uh, doing some recipes, right? Yeah. The hard part is over. Recipeing it up. Now comes the time commitment. How about you? How was your weekend, sir? Oh, it was good. It was good. Very good. Uh, You know, I I watched some football as well. That was pretty much the bulk of my weekend. Had some fun. Watched the uh, the Packers somehow squeeze it out yesterday. Yeah, just Uh, like I said they do. Under protest, of course. Uh, The text messages came pouring in after the not first down from Jimmy Graham. And so, uh, oh, they, people can shut up. Well, I mean, my only defense to that is you're probably right. He probably was short. Uh, but you know, there was a fumble in the first quarter that the Packers did recover, uh, that would have given the ball in the 30 yard line and definitely would have resulted in additional points that, uh, they did not get either. So, uh, they, they certainly, I'm not sure how you can watch that game and say that the calls were in favor of the Packers. Uh, but it's okay, man. Uh, yeah, Seahawks fan, you just saved yourself some humiliation for another week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be the team that gets humiliated next week uh, against the 49ers, just like we did the first you're time not, we played. You're not wrong about that. And so uh, we will talk about that as we go forward today. Uh, surprise, surprise, I think we're going to have some Stone Temple Pilots tickets to give away what? during the course of the show this morning. Uh, on top of that, some Reverend Horton Heat tickets as well. So it should be a full Monday. We'll get you some important stuff. But first, here's Pantera and Walk on the X-Rock. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big J, what are your thoughts on Dr. Oz? He's a famous television personality. I mean, he's a real doctor, I guess. But he's a TV doctor now. So because so the doctor's every- on TV, you automatically he lose credibility in your eyes? Yeah. Alright, that's fair. Not a lot of doctors on TV these days, though. <laughs> so there's still a good amount well, of Well, he's got that Oprah bump. So, there's two doctors on TV still, thanks to her. Yep. Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil. And then I think the doctors have some sort of connection. Is that show still on the TV? I don't think it's still on. (laughs) The doctors? 
Uh, well, for years and years, I mean, growing up, Big J, uh, there was a motto that was shoved down our throats, and that was, hey, what's the most important meal of the day? Uh, breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not according to Dr. Oz. Of course not. He says that's all media and ridiculous things shoved down your throat as you're a kid, and it's not accurate. He says he thinks for 2020, the first thing he's going to do is ban breakfast. He said, I don't think we need breakfast, dude. I agree. It's an advertising ploy. Uh, A lot of the dogma that we were fed for decades came out of advertisements. It wasn't really based on truth around our health. He said, instead, we should have our first day of the meal whenever you're actually hungry, Big J, which probably is around breakfast time, for being honest. Uh, That's not the case for everybody. No, it certainly isn't for me. But brunch fans will be happy to know that uh, Dr. Oz is a meal that he's very enthusiastic about. He says you should have brunch every day of the week and not necessarily breakfast. You have to shove something down your gullet the second you wake up. It's not going to increase your metabolism. It's not going to boost your health. This is according to Dr. Oz. Now, I don't know who's telling the truth, to be perfectly honest. Well, I, I, I now I'm... I'm uh... I'm digging what Dr. Oz is saying. Oh, now his credibility is back. No, he's still a doctor on TV. Okay. Uh, why? Do you not like breakfast? No, but I, I think that, uh, well, two things. One, let's look at the, the facts. Uh, if you've ever watched Mad Men. Okay. Okay, you know that for anything that we grew up as is common knowledge, you know, the, the advertising and everything. I mean, they're telling you something. You just becomes fact, right? Well, it still is the case today. Sure, but I mean, we should be leery of those kind of things. But B... For what I went through with my, uh, my, uh, you know, binge eating, you really, you know, eating when you're hungry is the most important thing you should do, not when you're not hungry. And it, just because it's breakfast and it's early means you should eat. It's not a good thing for you. And uh, so I think that that's why I'm, I'm, I'm with Dr. Oz here. Yeah, you know, I, well, I, well, I tend to agree. But I mean, wasn't it like health class that we learned about three squares a day? It wasn't like through commercials, right? I mean, yes, that was part of it, part of a balanced breakfast, et cetera, et cetera. But like, oh, I mean, you don't think that the uh, the advertising people and the the the, uh, the company people can't get on the? Uh, you think they're buying the, the way into they, our textbooks? Absolutely. All right. Well, listen. Here's the, here's what it boils down to: trust no one. Uh, everything you read is a lie, and come <laughs> up with your own stuff. Right? Agreed. All right. Just make it sure. Unless, you know, you can trust the morning after. Right. Well, we're going to tell you the facts. If not the facts, certainly our opinions, which should be treated as facts. I agree. Uh, San Francisco 49ers beat the Minnesota Vikings 27-10 to on Saturday to kick off the divisional weekend. The Titans then upset the Ravens, and really, I mean, it wasn't close. They they just, just I mean, the defense was all over the Ravens. The offense could never really get it going, and Derrick Henry is a legit football star 28 to 12 the final score there uh and then yesterday the chiefs went down 24 to nothing and then just beat the doors off the texans 51 to 31 your final score there it'll be the chiefs hosting the titans for the afc championship and then the packers held on to beat the seahawks 28 to 23 in the nightcap so the 49ers will host the packers for the nfc championship this is next sunday the titans chiefs early game packers niners the nightcap on sunday so uh i what do you think big j the home teams win this weekend? No, I'm thinking uh, I think the Super Bowl is going to be the 49ers and the Titans. Oh, really? You, think you like the Titans over the Chiefs, huh? Yeah. Yeah. If Derrick Henry runs for another 200 yards, yeah. All right. We will see. Good luck trying to stop that, dude. What ends up happening in the AFC and NFC championships? Uh, the Browns have made a decision on their head coach, and they browned it up again, man. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, literally the day after this guy gets his head handed to him, 
in the NFC uh, divisional game, they hire the uh, Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski as their new head coach. Listen, the Vikings have been a very good team, but I'm not sure anybody who's watched the Vikings play offense over the last uh, two years has said, boy, I really hope I get the guy who's running yeah, that thing. Yeah, what are they doing special? They run the ball and they throw it, you know, badly know. some days. And I don't know. Uh, but, but not luck, shocked that, that you would not like this hire. Uh, well, listen, I've got no ill will towards any. I think Mike Nolan's a hell of a coach, or uh, Mike, uh, whatever the hell, Zimmer's a hell of a coach. Uh, I actually think he's a very good a very good coach for the Vikings. i got no problem with their coaching staff. I just think it's a weird hire to hand it over to an uh, offense that's been middle of the road the last couple of years. Well, apparently this is the, the guy that the, the analytics dude over at Cleveland wanted right. last year before right. they picked uh, what's-his-face. Uh, Freddie Kitchens. Not that that worked out either, so... No. 1917 was your number one movie at the box office. 63, excuse me, 36.5 million dollars in its first ever wide open weekend. Uh, it made 40 million dollars since it's been limited around Christmas time. Worldwide, it garnered 57 million dollars. Uh, the Golden Globe winner for dress, best drama helped it spur it along, and so it may get a best picture nod today. The Oscar nominations are out at some point during the course of the show this morning. We'll carry them live. Uh, yes, that's right. We will interrupt programming and cut to the press conference so that you know exactly. Uh, what's happening. So, uh, Rise of Skywalker only had a two-week run atop of the box office. Uh, $15 million to good enough for second place, but Jumanji's almost making as much money as that. Still, another $14 million for Jumanji. Like a boss made 10 just mercy. Made $10 million. Pretty good weekend at the box office. And if you saw 1917, it would be time for you to download the Morning After the Movies podcast where we break it down for you. The first episode of Season 4 is sponsored by Cinemark Majestic Theaters and it is on xrock.com right now. Check it out and let us know what you thought about 1917 while you're at it. Man Up Mondays on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Today's Man Up Monday story comes to you courtesy of me. And, uh, you know, this whole you know, not being able to do manly things, not something that has plagued me my adult life. It's plagued me my entire life. It's been something that has chased me around ever since I was a kid. A little, a little tiny Nick. Yes. <clears throat> and so today's story comes from when I was a very young teenager and probably one of the earliest cases of when I look myself in the mirror and go, how pathetic. I mean, just honest to God. Take What's it wrong easy, with man. You? Relax. Uh, well, I mean, it's true. And that's the whole point of this segment. But, you know, uh, I've talked about this story before. Uh, when I was uh, in my teen years, 12 through uh, 15, uh, during the you summers, were in college. Uh, during the summers, I helped out my stepfather, who owned and operated his own construction company, Concrete Construction. And so he was very busy and did a lot of concrete, outdoor mostly, uh, patios, uh, stairs, uh, you know, uh, walkways, uh, driveways, that kind of Man, stuff. Stairs. And so, oh God, stairs were just an absolute nightmare. That does sound like the worst. And so, uh, you know, because I was young, I obviously wasn't out there finishing concrete. It was basically my job to make sure the crew that he had on whatever job we were going to that day had all the tools that they needed. Uh, and if, if need be, I was the person that was responsible for uh, when we were pouring concrete, wheelbarrowing in, in things that was not easy for the truck to reach. And then once the job was done, I cleaned the tools and I put them away. 
Uh, and every once in a while, I would help with like masonry, you know, loading up bricks and dragging bricks to the job. And then every once in a while, they would let me lay some bricks. Uh, but it was relatively hands off because uh, Tim uh, was a perfectionist. Had a very he has a signature way of pouring concrete. He has a signature design that he puts on all the concrete that he does. So any and all finishing was done by him and his laborers. Uh, and so I was away from why you mucking it up. Correct. So uh, yeah, sure. I learned how to trowel and that kind of stuff, and and learned how to pour and learned the right amount of mix, and I've picked up some stuff, but. Basically, my job was to make sure the truck was loaded up correctly, right? Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of tools that go into concrete construction. There's a lot of, you know, buckets and sledgehammers and uh, railway ties and forms. And, you know, there was a tool that was called the rake. And the rake was the bane of my existence because although in your head you think of a rake, basically what the rake was was it was, a, it was almost like a, a large um, tool that had like a wooden stick on it like a broom. But at the end, it was a big chunk of metal that you used basically to push concrete as it was getting poured out of the truck to other parts of the place where you wanted to pour so it wouldn't all end up in one big pile. Right. Does that make sense? So obviously it was full of concrete by the time the, the day was done and my job was to clean it off as good as I could and put it into the truck. Well, first time I did this big J. Uh, you know, you loaded up the truck and the tools would go in the back kind of on the top. There was like a little area on the back of the truck that you would put them down and in. And what happened was I didn't put the the rake in down far enough in the back of the truck, right? My only job. And so as we're driving home on the freeway, there's three of us in the, in the truck on the group. We see this rake take flight on the freeway and just like by the grace of God land in the middle of the freeway not on the other cars that were going and of course <laughs> what happens we pull over I get screamed at because you know that's my job yeah and Tim's like hey man you that's a losing job. a load ticket and I can get in serious trouble and what if that damaged a car he goes you gotta put it down and I said so you're right you made it sound like he did it nice I'm so sorry oh no there was no nice about it uh, and so, uh, fast forward to two days later, guess what happens again, PJ? <laughs> I did not put it in all the way again, and we are driving down the road, Idiot. and again, this thing takes flight. I will give you an opportunity to guess how many times this happened in this course of two weeks where I did not do this correctly. I'm going to go with six. Uh, close. It was three. Because three was all it was. And then Tim wouldn't let me touch the tools again. He's like, that's it. You can't do it. There's nothing you can do right about this. And so uh, I am miserable doing a job that I hate. Uh, I, I respect it, but it is the hardest work that I've ever done in my entire life, and I wasn't even doing the hard stuff. Yeah, I don't picture you doing this. And I was doing it incorrectly. And it really was the easiest thing. in the. I mean, all the tools were cleaned correctly. I just wasn't pushing. And I felt like I was pushing it in far enough. And that was the other thing I vividly remember. I was like, there's no way this thing's taking flight this time. No way. And, I mean, it would go every Is there a possibility time. that somebody was sabotaging you? I don't think so. I mean, it I sounds so. like it's how can you screw that up? But if you're if the question becomes after this, uh, how long after did they actually change where the rate goes in the truck so that I couldn't screw it up? The answer was fairly quick. Oh, that's sad. Uh, and so they had to completely redo where they put things away because I wasn't able to do it right. So that is my earliest memory of going, man, that is man's work that I am not doing the right way and I am not cut out for it, period, dot the end. Very embarrassing, very demasculating, uh, and it happened a bunch over a week, and it's still something that now Tim and I can joke about, but it was very much not funny <laughs> that particular summer, I assure you. Uh, and that is why I don't do concrete construction, and that is why I have nothing but respect for those of you that do. It is difficult, hard work, and uh, it is real work. None of this pushing buttons garbage that I'm doing over here. Right. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your man on Monday. <laughs> 
Stuff. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. We're going to have to watch our mouths, Big J. What? Yeah. Because they are coming and they are not going to take no for an answer. Talking about the uh, conservative group One Million Moms, if they sound familiar, it is because this is the group that really spearheaded things when the Janet Jackson Super Bowl thing went down. Well, maybe they should start talking to TV people during the NFL football playoff games. Oh, they are. That's what they're upset about. Uh, get ready. And it's not just accidental F-bombs that make their way across the uh, network television when they're uh, they're talking and they're playing football. Uh, in this particular case, this uh, group is firing off a bunch of letters to the FCC about commercials, Big J. There's one word in particular that they are upset about and they would like to have banned from the television. Oh, man. Know what word that would be? No idea. Damn. (laughs) D-A-M-N. And they're particularly upset because it has made its way into advertising. Specifically, there is a Burger King commercial for the Impossible Whopper that interviews some people in a bar and talks about... It's kind of like a Folgers uh, challenge where they they, they say they're eating a Whopper, they're actually eating an Impossible Whopper, and they're like, oh, man, that's good. I didn't know Impossible meat could taste that good. And then one guy says, I'm a damn fool. And another one says, damn, that's good. And so now they're upset that they have two instances of the use of damn in a commercial. And so now they are on their website encouraging uh, the moms and the people that are part of this group to write letters to the FCC and their congresspeople. And they say, quote, they find it highly inappropriate. To have a curse word during a taste test on television is not what television was meant for and they said it was really easy for burger king to have just you know edit out the profanity so that it's not considered it's acceptable language but they decided not to and now you got television networks saying it's okay yeah hey the rest of us probably don't think it's a curse word the group is asking the public to sign the petition demanding the burger king either pull the commercial or edit out the cuss word immediately and then they're going to send it on to the fcc and let them decide what's happening big jay and if the FCC decides to do something about it, we could be in real hot water. You understand? There are certain words we are not allowed to say on the radio. There's no doubt about that. But damn has never been one of them that they would have an issue with. But what if they do, Big J? What do we do? Damn that to hell. <laughs> Get it all on now. Because very soon you may not be able to. Just Listen, FYI. These, these, these uh, ladies need to be put towards the... Uh, the world of social media justice in which their lives are dug through and then we find out that they swear in their personal life, etc. Until they sit down. 49ers, Titans, Chiefs, and Packers all winners this weekend in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Titans at the Chiefs for the AFC Championship. Packers at the 49ers for the NFC Championship. Both those games are Sunday. Rough weekend for Julian Edelman, Big J. He was arrested in Beverly Hills on Saturday night on suspicion of vandalism after jumping on the hood of somebody's car. The 33-year-old wide receiver caused unspecified damages to a vehicle. He was released on a citation. Of course, uh, he had a pretty good run with the Patriots, and then I guess he was all hammered up and jumped on somebody's car, dude. Hey, I'd love to know the whole story. On is that Julian Edelman jumping on your car? What is he doing? Me, I'm like, hey, will you sign it? <laughs> Why is he jumping on your car? And Jimmy Johnson, the Dallas Cowboys head coach who led the team to back-to-back Super Bowl championships in 1992. 
officially elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They announced it during the uh, telecast last night of the Packers-Seahawks game at halftime, much like the uh, the CBS telecast did on Saturday with Bill Cowher, who was also announced into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So this is a separate. Uh, this is separate from the Hall of Fame. It's the Centennial Hall of Fame announcement. What? I guess. Yeah, they're, and they're going to be. They have a separate ceremony altogether. What? From the regular Hall of Fame. So they're not really in the Hall of Fame? No, they're in the Hall of Fame, but it's just, you know, they're calling it the Centennial Hall of Fame. Well, maybe it's the Centennial class? Yeah. Yeah. But, but is it a whole different, like, wing and a whole different thing? Like, not a real honest to God? That I do not know. I hope not. That's kind of crappy, right? Unless you're one of them. Well, I mean, even still, it wouldn't, wouldn't you rather be in the regular Hall of Fame than the Centennial? What I mean, what does that even mean? It doesn't. It doesn't all. The, it doesn't the Pro Football Hall of Fame celebrate all 100 years as well? They're going to. Doesn't make any sense. The Centennial Class, Nick. That's fine. That, well, as long as it's not a different wing or whatever, or a special like. I know they're. I, I know they're. They're allowing extra people in this year than they normally. Yeah, do. it's a blue ribbon panel. Right. Uh, that, that that so they're picking from that group of people. That's fine, but I still think they're in the actual Hall of Fame. Like, there's no like special wing or special like asterisk or anything like that. I think they're just in. But I know they're letting in a bunch more people than they normally do because it's the hundredth year of the NFL. Oscar nominations are out. Joker leads the pack with 11. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman in 1917 each have 10. Parasite, Marriage Story, Little Women with 6. Your Best Picture nominations, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Parasite, 1917, Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and Ford v. Ferrari are your list. There's 9 of the possible 10 as the max they could do it. Uh, and all the Golden Globe winners are kind of where they're supposed to be. Joaquin Phoenix is there in the Best Actor role, along with everybody else that was nominated for the Golden Globe. Uh, Renee Zellweger, who won for Best Actress, is also in the mix for the Oscars. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, Bong Joon-ho, Sam Mendes, and Todd Phillips, all the Best Director category. Uh, Brad Pitt, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins. That's a powerhouse in the Best Supporting Actor uh, category. And then Laura Dern, who won the Golden Globe, also highlights the Best Actress in the Supporting Role side of things. But I think a lot of people are surprised that Joker leads all nominations with 11. And Uncut Gems, Big J, getting completely shut Snubbed. out. Snubbed. Yeah. Sucks. No Adam Sandler, no Best Picture. A lot of people say it was pretty good. I haven't seen it yet, but I do want to. So Oscars are coming up next month. Get ready to either pay attention or not. Big J on 100.3, the X rocks. Big J, I'm not calling the person that's going to be the subject of today's We're Going to Hell story a liar. Okay. But I am going to say that I have some doubts. I'm skeptical about the following story. But it was posted at the uh, Jersey City paper in New Jersey. And so that is where we go for today's We're Going to Hell story. And we are going to meet a young lady that purchased something on Amazon.com. That's something that we've all done, I imagine. Yes, Big J? Yeah. Now, uh, they don't have this option here in Idaho, but in parts of the country where they have locations that are very close to large warehouses, you have an opportunity to buy what's called used or refurbished things at a discount price directly from Amazon. Oh, cool. It's called Amazon Refurbish. And it's an opportunity for you to save you more money on some things if you're willing to take something that maybe somebody else had at some point and returned or whatever the case may be, right? 
I get it. And so Nazalie Sales is a mother who went on Amazon.com and was like, you know what I'm going to do? I got to buy some diapers for the kid. Let's jump on Amazon. Let's buy some diapers. Let's get them delivered. Ooh. I can save myself some money. Let me click Ref- this button here. Refurbished toilet paper? That's what she said. I mean, huh? diapers. That's what she said she purchased. And she said it was delivered. It was great. It, uh, she has a 19-month-old daughter. And uh, the shipment came to, contained exactly what she described, the right amount of numbers. But she said that it was because it was one of those uh, rush deliveries. She thought that the uh, the package was a little bit heavy, but she was half asleep. The lights were off. It was fairly late at night. And so she says then at that point, she turned on the lights. And that's when she noticed that the diapers were neatly folded. And then she said, and already soiled. She couldn't believe it. She immediately <laughs> disinfected everything in her house and the nursery. She called the local television station as the family attempted to reach an Amazon representative later that evening. The response they received, they said they were disappointed at best. They said, quote, okay, we're sorry for your convenience. We'll give you a refund. You're more than welcome to keep the stuff. We don't need you to return it. And she was like, wow, you're not understanding what I'm saying. Now, Amazon has not responded to an actual request for comment, but did issue a statement to the New Jersey television. She said, the Amazon said, quote, we work hard to provide customers with a great experience and deeply regret the situation. Did not live up to our high standards, but we will do an investigation because we highly doubt we delivered anything that had human fecal matter in it. And she said that uh, Amazon will work directly with the customer to address the situation. So uh, the woman says it definitely was human fecal matter, although I don't know how she could tell the difference. But I'm just still trying to figure out how this happens, if it did in fact happen, and why it would happen. Like, you know, that's stuck in the stuff that you would smell almost instantly, right? Yeah, and I would think that over time it would start to smell even worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why it would even be an option, I'm not even sure of that. Why you would have the option, why you would want to buy used diapers, why you would have the option to buy used diapers, and why they would sell them. Yes, yeah, so I'm things. here at the diaper cleaning facility. Right. We're, we're cleaning out these diapers. Like, the only way I can think this is even remotely possible is if they were cloth diapers. And, like, somebody just didn't wash them, they just threw them in a box. But still, how Amazon would get their hands on them and then just turn around, I don't know. I don't know. So, it's possible. I just have my doubts about today's We're Going to Hell story. But, technically, she's not wrong. They were used. Not refurbished, however. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X Rocks. Audio Slave, show me how to live here on the morning after with Nick and Big J at 100.3, the X Rocks. Topic of discussion on this show the last couple of years as uh, between uh, the two of us, Big J, as we have gotten older, perhaps more mature, more in touch with our feelings. We've talked a lot more about anxiety. Agree or disagree? Our feelings. Things that make us anxious and a little bit more self-realization. Yeah. As we try to get these things into control. And, and for a long time, it's because I think there was a lot of perceptual weakness attached to anxiety. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and as we try to battle that particular perception and say that's not necessarily true, it's okay to feel anxious about things and to recognize what that is and then try to defeat and overcome it so that it's not such a controlling part of your life, which is, of course, easier said than done most times. 
It is interesting to figure out things that make people the most anxious. And one of the things that I didn't even know was a thing was the Sunday scaries. Have you heard of this? No. So the Sunday scaries are apparently, uh, it happens around 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays. And that's when Americans start to feel the most anxious about their job. Yeah, they got to go to work. Yeah, they're like, oh, God, Sunday's winding down. I got to go into work. What do I have to do on Monday? And so it's been dubbed the Sunday Scaries because people start to think about Monday morning. I would say that would go for kids and students going to school. Sure. That sounds reasonable to me as well. You're absolutely right. Uh, Results indicated that the average American uh, takes about two hours to unwind after work on a Friday. Uh, And then it takes about three hours before you get fully ramped up into work mode come Monday morning. But if you're checking emails from work over the weekend, if you're looking over presentations, or if you're taking a work call, this will add to your anxiety. And the average American does something like that about six times over the weekend. Either they're talking about work or they're checking an email. I'm guilty of this. I check my email on the regular at work for the weekend. Uh, But then again, I also will say this. Uh, there's not a lot of anxiety attached to this job for me. Uh, uh, there are certain times where it's very, very anxiety-filled. But like today, I'm not worried about today. Am I worried about be. Thursday or Friday? Absolutely. Why? What's going on then? <laughs> but I'm not worried. What's going on Thursday and Friday? <laughs> I am not worried about happening? this particular day. Mondays don't really freak me out that much. Work doesn't freak me out except for one particular day when we have shows. Yeah, concert uh, days. Absolutely. I am I am a, a wreck, yes. and, and I have been for years. I just ate all that stuff away. Now it's like it's heavy, dude. I feel it. It sucks, and yeah, it's dumb. You, well, well, yeah, but you know, but, we're, when it's guys like you and I that have a show that day, it's a twenty-hour day, probably. Uh, and so we're going to be working late. We're going to have a lot of stuff to do. Multiple levels mm-hmm. of anxiety. Sure. I mean, that's when it really starts to take effect on you. Uh, but I find myself uh, being, uh, certainly anxiety is a factor in my life. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But I, it's attached a little bit more to the family with me. Like, yeah, now I'm, you have all kinds of new anxieties you didn't have a year ago. Exactly. I'm freaked out about it. Like, anytime I get a phone call from a 208 number, I automatically assume it's my kid's school. Uh, anytime I get a call from the ex, I'm like, well, that can't be good. Something has gone terribly right. wrong. And so I start to uh, think about that kind of stuff, and that's the kind of stuff that gets me all anxious and freaked out and worried uh, about what's going on. So it's all about how you attach yourself to it. They say uh, in order to help relieve some of that Sunday anxiety, it's all about getting a good night's sleep, man, especially on the weekends. If you can, nothing wrong with feeling a little bit anxious on Sunday afternoon, but if you can crash out a little bit and get a full night's sleep, it's going to make you respond a little bit better, especially early in the morning and make you adapt a little bit better to that first day of week. So, just relax a little bit, everybody. You're going to be okay. Don't let your job get you down. There's lots more stuff we need to worry about. Agree or disagree? Agreed. Make it happen. Today on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. It's good to know every once in a while we're not the only ones that screw up royally. Right? Oh, yeah. Remember back last uh, 2018, Hawaii's emergency management agency mistakenly sent out a public alarm about uh, missiles that were incoming to the island? And it freaked everybody the hell out. It's a big deal. All the text messages that came in, everybody's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then 38 minutes later, it said it was a false alarm. So for like a half an hour, people in Hawaii thought everybody was going to die. Well, millions of people in Ontario, Canada, were mistakenly sent a cell phone alert yesterday about an unnamed incident at a nuclear power plant east of Toronto. The message said that there was no abnormal release of radioactivity. 
from the generating station and that people didn't need to take protective action. But, like, if you're sending me a text message about a nuclear incident, I'm going to automatically assume things are bad, right? Otherwise, why are you texting the general public? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. More than an hour later, another message sent that the original alert had been sent an error and there was no danger. The mistaking alert went out during a training routine exercise by the Emergency Operations Center. Basically, somebody pressed the wrong button and out went a text message to everybody saying, Look out, there was a nuclear incident in a power plant. Simpson style. Get the hell out of here, kind of a thing. And Run! now they're making sure that it won't happen again. And to the emergency management agency's credit in Hawaii, there has not been an accidental missile text sent out since uh, 2018. So I guess the protocol they've put in place has been functioning. Agree or disagree? Agree. I guess you really only know if it's going bad when something goes really bad. But I'm trying to figure out what the proper reaction to that is. You know what I mean? Like, do you automatically become pessimistic and go, this can't be real, otherwise I would have heard something? Or do you think, oh my god, I've got to figure out what to do? Right? Yeah, you probably hit the ignore button this, these days. <laughs> automatically assume that somebody screwed up? Yeah, yeah, screw up like that Hawaii thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a good, I mean, I guess you only really know your true judgment about yourself when stuff like that happens. But I'm trying to figure out what would happen if I got a text message like that and how I would react. Would I be like, well, uh, it's pointless. Would, would I look out the window? <laughs> right. What's going on? I would probably try to find confirmation if that was an actual thing. I'd look other places and go, is this happening? Is this a real story? You'd or probably look at your email and see if you we run an EAS test. Yeah. Do we need to do we need to interrupt programming for something? That would probably be my first reaction, which is incredibly sad. San Francisco beat the Minnesota Vikings 27-10 to on Saturday. Titans over the Ravens 28-12. to And then yesterday, the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing before just kicking the living crap out of the Texans. 51-31, to the final score there. And then the Packers beat the Seahawks 28-23. to So we're looking at a Tyson's-Chiefs... Tyson's? Titans-Chiefs AFC Championship happening on Sunday afternoon and then a Packers 49ers NFC Championship happening on Sunday evening. Big J says Titans Niners in the Super Bowl. I like the Chiefs Niners. I like the home teams coming up uh, on the uh, for Super Bowl Sunday on February the 2nd. Julian Edelman got arrested Saturday night for jumping on somebody's car. That's not okay. Uh, apparently it was a Mercedes-Benz in, Ooh. in Beverly Hills. I mean... Uh, that's a long way to travel just to party it up, right? I mean, dude, Boston and Beverly Hills? Well, he's probably, I mean, I think he lives in L.A. Does so, he? yeah. Uh, well, he was the Super Bowl MVP in the Patriots championship win last year over the Rams, so I guess he had a reason to celebrate, but then the season was over, so why not party it up? But try not to be stomping on people's cars while you're doing it. That would be recommended as well. Browns have a new head coach. It's Kevin Stefanski, the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Almost had the job last year. Now definitely does. The 37-year-old accepted the offer after the Vikings got bounced from the playoffs by the 49ers. Browns were 6-10 and last year. How do you like them this year, Big J? Huge improvement? No. All right. Uh, Star Trek is happening, but it's not Quentin Tarantino. Looks like uh, Noah Howley is taking over. If that name sounds familiar to you, he's the gentleman behind both Fargo and Legion on FXX. He is set to write and direct Star Trek, but with a different Enterprise crew. 
He tells The Hollywood Reporter to call it Star Trek IV is kind of a misnomer. I have my own take on the franchise as a lifelong fan. And he was asked, does that mean you think you're going to have an entirely new cast? And he says, yeah, I think so, yeah. So uh, gone are Chris Pine and uh, Zoe Solana and everybody that you've known from the J.J. Abrams Zach. version of Quintaro, I think. Quint- yeah. And so uh, they're all going to go bye-bye. and He's going to recast it and start it all anew, I guess. So we'll see where it goes. But I like Noah Hawley. He does good things on TV. We'll see what happens when it comes to movies. Culture Smackdown. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. And we would like to hook you up with tickets to Stone Temple Pilots. The evening with acoustic style happens Saturday, February 8th. So we'll get to set up with these tickets if you can beat Nick in Pop Culture Smackdown. You want to go check out STP, you're going to have to earn it. It should be pretty easy. 208-287-1003 is the phone number you need to call if you would like to play. Pop Culture Smackdown, knowing as much as you possibly can know about the world of pop culture is going to come in handy, mayhaps, as we enter in the fun that is Pop Culture Smackdown. Good morning, The X. Good morning. How's it going, guys? We're hanging in there, man. What's your name? Uh, it's Mark. All right, Mark. Who played Tyler Durden in the movie Fight Club? Brad Pitt. Right. Yes, indeed. It's Brad Pitt. Uh, Nick, what Shakespeare play asks to be or not to be? Uh, that is the question. Tis nobler Hamlet. Hamlet. That right. is correct. Well done, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guinness beer was first brewed in what country? Guinness is from Scotland. Is that your final answer? Scotland, yeah. It is incorrect. Wrong. It is not Scotland, but thank you for playing, sir. Appreciate that. Big J, we may have broken the phone line. Oh, people are like, Stone Temple Pilots, give me those tickets right now. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Because there's only been... Yeah, I think they're broken. I think we've broken them. It's either that or nobody wants to go. But the show's almost sold out. It's acoustic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we have had difficulties with that in the past. Those acoustic songs. Uh, 208-287-1003. Thanks, Mark, no, for no. screwing it up for everybody. Nothing now we look is, like idiots. Nothing is coming through. It's crazy. Oh, here we go. Now it's starting to work. I think I've reset it. Let's go. Hello, the X. You hit no buttons. Hey, what's your name? Hey, good morning. It's Julie. All right, Julie, Guinness beer was first brewed in what country? Ireland. That is correct, Ireland. Uh, Nick, what school does Harry Potter attend in the Harry Potter (laughs) franchise? I don't know if this is the school or just the building, but I'm going to say Hogwarts. That's right. Right. You retain some sorts of information. (laughs) That's wonderful. Uh, Julie, before Madden the game and broadcasting, John Madden was a professional football coach. What team did he lead to a Super Bowl victory in 1976? Mm, The Raiders. Yes. Well done. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Nick, what is the substance that Han Solo gets frozen in so he can be delivered to Jabba the Hutt? Carbonite. That is correct. Carbonite. Uh, What liquor is made from the blue agave plant? Ooh. Is that me? Yes. Uh, Tequila. Tequila is correct. Uh, Nick, you've heard of the game Fortnite, but how many nights are in a Fortnite? Ten. (laughs) That is incorrect. 
wrong. 14? 14. <laughs> Son 14. of a gun. Right. You that was my gut. And I, and I, so dumb. I was like, that can't be two weeks, right? Congratulations, <laughs> Julie. You've got tickets to Stone Temple Pilots coming to town on the 8th of February. Good round, right? Yep. Solid round. Hang on one second. We'll get some information from you. Make sure you're set and good to go. And we will do a round of headlines. That's happening next to the X-Rock. Headlines are brought to you by GoTeamSaveMoney.com. That is a website for our friends over at Team Mazda Subaru. It is a great place to get started for your next new or used car adventure. Both Jay and I highly recommend you go check them out if you're looking for a vehicle. Agree or disagree? That's Big Jay's sound effect for agree? Headlines are as follows. Careful now. That's hot or start saving, Big Jay. That's hot. Uh, Some people actually might consider this romantic. Emma Plummer is a self-taught baker who runs her own business. It's called Butter and Whisk. You get it? Yeah. And she makes all kinds of desserts. And recently, she was attempting to make heart-shaped macaroons in preparation for Valentine's Day. Uh, But they did not come out as expected. She posted her design on Twitter, and she captioned it, quote, I tried to make hearts, and they came out looking like testicles. Along with some laughing, crying emojis. Her post went viral and has been retweeted over 45,000 times. And it does, Big J, look very much like male genitalia. Yeah. And uh, and I understand where she was going. I don't think it was done on purpose. I think it was a happy accident. But maybe she's opened up a new business angle. What do you think? Nobody wants that. I don't know. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. Oh, I love me macaroons. I love testicle macaroons the best. What? Well, they all taste the same. It's not like they taste like testicles. Because then who would eat it? Other than like at a Rocky Mountain Oyster Festival. I'm moving along. Next. (laughs) Careful now or start saving, Big J. Start saving, Big J. Mineral Point, Wisconsin is the home to Hook's Cheese Company. It is owned by Tony and Julie Cook. They're good people. And since 2000, something very special has been incubating in their cheese cave. And it will soon make its way to its grand debut. It is 20-year-old aged cheddar. And they are going to sell this son of a gun for $209 per pound. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reports this is the second time the Hooks have released an exceptionally rare cheese and the same price point. Last time in 2015, all 450 pounds of it sold out in two days. Seems that money is no object when it comes to limited run cheese, especially in Wisconsin. So this year they'll be selling 500 pounds of this 20-year-old aged cheddar. If the $209 price tag sounds gouging, know that half the proceeds will be donated to the Dairy Innovation Hub, which funds dairy research at the University of Wisconsin. Would you like to try some $200 aged cheddar, Big Yeah, but only the sample size. You know, I, I find that whenever I go to the fancy stores uh-huh. and I, I try some of that weird cheese, okay. I'm like, boy, this is delicious. And then I buy the weird cheese and I'm like, I never touch it. I'm, like, scared to open it because, you know, it's moldy. You don't want to waste it. But this yeah. is aged cheddar. It's a little bit different than, like, the fancy, like, Briere. Eight, well, like I know, that. but it's aged how old? 20 years. It's a long time, man. It, it freaks me out. It's been around 20 years. I'm about to eat it. Well, you drink things that have been around 20 years if you have a glass of wine sometimes, right? Yeah, but or it's, bourbon you know, or scotch? It's not food. It's not a. Well, you're ingesting. It's not something it. I'm gonna melt onto nachos. You know. Well, don't put 20 year old aged cheddar on your nachos. Why man. not? That's like Kobe beef stuff that you put it on. That's even better. Kobe beef aged cheddar nachos. On top of the two dollar uh, nacho chips that you buy in the store. I might even make my own nacho chips for oh, that. Snap. We'll wrap it up with careful now. 
Don't drink and lose your snacks. Keegan Byers was staying at a hotel in Benton, Arkansas recently and claims that he went to bed and he knows for a fact that there was a cheeseburger on his nightstand. And he woke up and found it missing. Did he get a cat? Close. He called police and he was at a hotel. About the issue, and they took a report but noted that Byers was, quote, extremely intoxicated. The report doesn't disclose whether police decided to actually investigate the alleged burger theft or not, but do you believe him? Or was the burger just a figment of his drunk imagination? Or did he eat it? I think he ate it. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, if you're hammered enough and you think you bought a cheeseburger, who leaves a cheeseburger on a nightstand? That's not proper food storage. And then secondly, uh, why would you leave it out there is is the third. I mean, you bought it to eat it, right? Much that thing down. Maybe he just passed out. He passed out, then he woke up in the middle of it and ate the cheeseburger and the wrapper. Oh, wow, wow. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on everything. I prevail hurricane here on 100.3. The X rocks the morning after with Nick and Big J. It was Friday afternoon that the news came down that 67-year-old Canadian drummer, lyricist, and legend Neil Peart of Rush fame passed away after a three-and-a-half-year battle with brain cancer that he had kept secret. Uh, a couple people that were in the music world and close to Neil, obviously familiar with the struggle. Uh, and Geddy Lee and Alex Lifeson, the other members of Rush, obviously released a very heartfelt statement. And since that moment, the tributes, the eulogies, the thoughts of the rock community have been pouring in as, you know, Dave Grohl very close with uh, with Neil and released a beautiful, touching statement. Paul Stanley, Flea, Gene Simmons, Billy Corgan, uh, Patrick Wilson from Weezer, Judas Priest, Tony Iommi, Josh Freeze, Charlie from Anthrax, all of them posting their connections with Neil Peart of Rush, obviously somebody that's very important to the rock scene. But, Big J, music is subjective, you understand? All of these people can be described, I'm sure, as Rush fans. But you, over the years, have been a very vocal not-Rush fan. Yeah, not true. Uh, you have not enjoyed not the music true. of Rush? What do you mean? Uh, I've got a love-hate relationship with Rush because uh, my formative years, I loved Rush. It was The Rush Chronicles is the first thing I ever bought from Columbia Records. I remember that. Um, and then uh, I fell out of that when I, I heard good music. So you have not- my 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 problem with Rush came more uh, off of uh, Getty's voice as opposed to Neil Peart. Right, there's no doubt that he was one of the greatest drummers that's ever picked up the sticks. I mean, it's you can't argue that, and uh, you can clearly see that with all of the um, all of the tributes and everybody you know saying what they they were uh, how amazing he was. Uh, I didn't realize he was the lyricist. I don't so uh, you know very interesting you know. Lyrics and and I think topics that Rush covered. So yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, I really haven't cared for a bunch of Rush. But I mean, Tom Sawyer and a bunch of the other uh, songs. You can't deny that those uh, are, are 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 amazing pieces of music. So you so. and 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 that goes to show you. I think the reason why we I don't begr- to- I don't begrudge people no. for liking Rush. That's no. the important thing here. Is I I can clearly see that there's you know some. That they were uh, amazing, so it's just not my cup of tea. There's there's certain bands you can begrudge people for like. Yeah, Coheed and Cambria. Rush is not one of them. Just making sure. I wanted Rush to get your Jr. take for your opportunity to eulogize a man whose music maybe you haven't been a gigantic fan of, but you certainly can appreciate the impact he's had on music and rock music in general, yes? Yeah, I would probably say uh, at this point he's like the Jimi Hendrix for guitarists. For right. drums. For, for drumming, drums. yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, you know, I would say that, that probably as close as we get to a, a living legend of that capacity is Mike Portnoy, who had done a bunch of stuff with Dream Theater and then mm-hmm. gone on to form uh, a bunch of other bands. But I think, you know, he was also listed up there as, you know, technically one of the better drummers of a generation. And even he is like, listen, I paled in comparison to what Neil Peart was throwing down yeah. on a regular basis. I mean, if you get a chance, you can go through it. Even somebody that has zero musical talent whatsoever, like me, can go through and look at like the videos of his kits that he had put together, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. what? That's insane. I mean, they're legendary, yeah. you know. So yeah, uh, rest in peace. And I, I about at this time, man, there's some there's some hell of a uh, bands put together up in heaven. Absolutely, absolutely, and Neil Peart uh, tops that list. So certainly he will be remembered. He will be re- re- missed as well. And uh, and even if you're not a fan of Rush, you certainly can appreciate uh, what Neil and the rest of his bandmates in Rush brought to the table over their long and illustrious career. Forty-five years, man, as a band, it's nothing to sneeze at. Same three people. It's rare. It is rare, and it's a big deal. Morning after with Nick and Big J. Your opportunity to win something from us coming with bad impressions. That's next on the X Rocks. <laughs> with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. And we got some tickets for you. Dweezil Zappa coming to the Egyptian Theater, Nick, Wednesday, February 5th. Uh, so uh, that is going to be an awesome experience. There's no doubt about it. Egyptian Theater is a fun place to see a show, and especially when it's something as cool as Dweezil Zappa. We'll get you that if you can figure out bad impressions for this morning. All right, here's our phone number, 208-287-1003. If you'd like tickets to this, bad impressions works thusly. Big J has prepared three clues. They all point to somebody pretty famous. If you can figure out who that famous person happens to be, you've got tickets to Visa Zappa. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself and others. Good morning, the X. Good morning. Good morning, man. What's your name? Yes. All right, Jason. Good luck. Hey, jabronis. I'm excited to be the next DC comic book hero or anti-hero is Black Adam. Next one. Maybe we can take Jumanji to the next level times three. The Rock? The Rock! The Rock is correct. Can you smell what I'm rocking? That would have been clue three. Hang on one second, Jason. We'll hook you up with those Dweezil Zappa tickets. Uh, why is Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the news? Listen, there's no doubt we haven't had enough of The Rock. Uh, we get some more now, and this is going to be very interesting. Uh, you've got the uh, TV sitcom Young Sheldon. Yeah. Now check this out. Young Rock. <laughs> uh, NBC has picked up this comedy series. As Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, will revisit his younger years in an NBC series called The Rock, which is uh, the retired pro wrestler's name, obviously. Uh, sorry, I was reading from there. Uh, so uh, what uh, The Rock says, we're going to find The Rock wreaking havoc in the streets of Hawaii and getting arrested along with all kinds of other things. Uh, there is a lot of material there for how he got to where he is, and people want to hear about it and see it. Well, uh, his father, very famous wrestler. Very famous, yeah. And that's kind of where this is around, all these legends of wrestling and and the life that he had and and meeting them and the craziness. I mean, you know, there's a lot of interesting stories to be told there that you can go in a lot of different directions. Plus, you know, gosh, he was a college football star. Yeah. You know, he played professional football briefly before he became, uh, went down the family um, business and did some wrestling. So there's a lot of interesting things there, no doubt. Enough to make you watch a television series. Absolutely. All right. And he will obviously, um, he'll be in every episode. So oh, Really? Oh, probably like introing it kind of a thing? We'll see what 
it what it looks like, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who's going to play Young Rock. Last TV sitcom you watched on the regular? Oh, I still watch one on the regular every week. The Unicorn, Good oh, Place. Okay. Well, that's officially over now, right? No, there's the, the final season. It's the final gotcha. season. I thought it ended. I got you. So uh, there you go. It is all about The Rock, and he is getting more projects to keep him busy for sure. We'll wrap up the show here next on The X Rock. Ozzy Osbourne under the graveyard, wrapping up the morning after with Nick and Big J on this Monday, the 13th day of 2020 in January. Thank you for getting up early and hanging out with us. We appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Had a chance to talk a little bit about Neil Peart this morning. Had a chance to give away some Stone Temple Pilots tickets. We talked about how Amazon can sell used diapers and how um, not exactly sold we are on the story. But it doesn't make anybody less... uh, reporting in it of it you know what i mean People right still writing about it so it's a fact until it's proven wrong i suppose but i have my suspicions all things considered we even had a good run of pop culture smackdown over the course of the show today so that's gonna do it for us big j you have the floor sir yeah you know i just feel left out sometimes nick i feel like we get left out of uh the conversations because tina fey and amy poehler are going to host the 2021 Golden Globes. Yep, yep, they're bringing them back. The group that, what, they host three years in a row, four years in a row back in the day. Yeah. Before Ricky Gervais went on his five-year run. But uh, they're bringing back uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, and it's good. It's fun. They were great. It's fine. It's not gonna, I mean, listen, I didn't watch the Golden Globes the last Yeah, I'm just years. saying we should do it. Oh, you would You would want that gig? Yeah. Really? It looks how much fun. how much fun we'd have. I don't know, nah, man. We, we would nobody know who we were. Doesn't seem like you can win doing something like that, if that makes sense, right? Everybody's going to hate it, or everybody's going to uh, find something wrong with it, including ourselves. So I'd rather just be on the outside looking in. We're going to be doing our own hosting of an awards thing, kind of. We're going to be doing this big hosting thing next month in front of all of our radio brethren. God, what a disaster that's going to be. <laughs> You want to talk about anxiety, that might be topping my list come next month, to be perfectly honest. I I mean, and they have given us zero direction as to what they want out of us. And I'm like, how much preparation do we need to do? Listen, you let me handle it, pal. All right. Okay. All right. I will. So you're you're going to have... Okay. You're going to have your taste of what it's like to host an event, and you'll see if you like it after that. Remember when we hosted the what was the, some awards nomination thing that we did? Remember that? We yeah, all, yeah, like, dress yeah. Up. Here's the fun part: I can't pronounce names, so it's just people just kept yeah. yelling correct pronunciations. See, of so that's why you shouldn't feel bad. You should feel like there's no nothing can go wrong for me. It's all Big J's going down in flames. I'm gonna look great. Everybody just yelling I mean, corrections we at have, you. We never talked about it, but that's the chemistry that is here. That's why you you managed to figure it out. Uh, You're like 12, 13 oh, years no. later. You know what? I'll let Big J oh, take, no. take all the, uh, the heat. No, I want us to both look good. That's the idea. We'll see if we can pull that off. Morning After with Naked Big J. Next set of X-Rock brought to you by Team Mazda Subaru and GoTeamSaveMoney.com. Great place to start your next new or used car adventure. Jason Drew's up next. Have a good one. It's the X-Rock.